Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> Kia ora. Welcome to the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast and thanks for tuning in this week. I'm your host Jordan, I'm a mum of one, soon to be two boys and a lover of all things birth and a very passionate storyteller. The goal of Kiwi Birth Tales is to empower, inform, educate and connect families from New Zealand and all over the world, talking about the things that are so often kept to ourselves or shared with only our nearest and dearest because of this taboo that seems to surround sharing stories about birth. All stories deserve to be heard, no story more important than the other, And with this podcast, you'll get a variety without bias. The podcast is not intended for medical advice. I'm not an advocate for any particular mode of birth or birth care. And this platform is simply here to share these beautiful, empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. So I hope you enjoy. This episode of Kiwi Birth Tales is proudly brought to you by the Your Birth Project store. Now you would have heard me talk about Your Birth Project on here before because it is my online hypnobirthing course where you can find everything that you need to prepare for your best birth. Well, I have now launched an online store to accompany the course and the online store has all the goodies that you need as a pregnant mom or someone who's planning for their best birth or their best postpartum period. So, so many goodies in the store that will just be super helpful for you as a mum and someone who is gifting to a new mum or just looking for something a little bit special to give yourself postpartum as a little self-love gift. There's just so many things on the store that come highly recommended by me. Either I've used them or I've asked mums on the podcast or the Instagram page for their recommendations and that's where they've come from. So everything in the store I've either used or have had highly recommended. So I just love every single thing that is in there at the moment and I would absolutely love for you to check it out when you get the chance. In this week's episode, I speak with Rebecca, and you may have heard Rebecca on the podcast previously. She's been on a couple of times before talking about her births with her own children, Rocky and Ruby, and she was also a surrogate to a little boy named Ziggy, so if you have listened to the podcast for a while, you've probably heard those. And now she's joined us to share the birth story of beautiful little Aggie, which was a planned home birth. And having her older children there, she talks about some previous complications that she had post-birth and how she sort of planned to manage that this time around. And also about of nasty mastitis and endometriitis. I think I've said that right. Not endometriosis, um, something different. So there was a few complications this time around as well, but she talks us through that. And I just love having Rebecca on the podcast. I think she's super relatable and keeps it super real. So I know that you're going to enjoy this episode. All right, I will stop talking now and I will let you jump into the episode. Enjoy. Hey, Rebecca, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. 
Hi, thanks for having me again. No problem. I'll just keep you're popping a, out kids. Yeah, you're a regular, um, regular caller on this podcast now. I just need to keep having kids so that I can keep talking to you again. Indeed, indeed. For those who um, may not have heard your previous episodes, do you want to tell us a little bit about you and who is in your family? Yeah, so um, my name's Rebecca. I live in Ōtutahi, Christchurch, and I have three children now. Um, <laughs> Rocky is just about eight, Ruby just turned six, and we have our newest little one called Aggie, and she is four weeks today, so it's her month birthday. Oh, um, birthday, Aggie. <laughs> yeah, she could give me sleep for her birthday, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I have uh, been on the podcast with Jordan, uh, this is my third time, I've done Rocky and Ruby's um, births, and then I was a surrogate last year, so I had a baby in November last year, and so I've also shared that story, um, and now I'm back because apparently we weren't finished having babies, so here yeah. we are again. I think I do remember at the end of that episode with Rocky and Ruby, and you were like, oh, you know, like, I think our family's done, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, so... um. Quick backstory, when I was, uh, to be a surrogate, you kind of have to be like finished having your family. Mm. That is purely because if something medically goes wrong and the ability to have more children is taken away from you, they want you to be okay with that. Yeah. Um, so I think I was like 20 weeks pregnant and my husband, Jared, texted me. He was in Auckland and he's like, I think we should have another baby. And it was so <laughs> left field and I was with my mum and I was like, oh my God, look at this text. And it was like midday on a Monday and I was like, I literally text back and was like, are you drunk? <laughs> um, and anyway, he was like, no, like for real. And I was like, all right, let's talk about this when I'm not 20 weeks pregnant with <laughs> someone else's child. Um, but obviously we decided to have another child. <laughs> Which I sound so excited about <laughs> so as funny. I walk around my lounge with her in a wrap trying to force her to go yeah. to sleep. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Cool. And do you want to talk us through then? Obviously, you've decided um, to have another baby because she's here. So do you want to take us through what the journey to pregnancy was like for you this time? Yeah, so um, I lull, like, all the time get asked if she was planned, which, <laughs> like, doesn't offend me massively. I know it would other people. But I think just because there's such a big age gap, people – and I just had a baby. Yeah. People just think she's, like, a big whoopsie. But she was very much um, – planned and um like I said a bit left field I wasn't expecting us to have another child um my dear and my husband's obsessed with babies and my sister had a she's got a little boy who is almost two but was obviously younger going way back then and he just fell in love with Cooper and was like we need one of these <laughs> um so I gave birth to Ziggy last year um he's the surrogate baby last year on the 15th of November and um I I don't I genuinely my mum doesn't even think I was out of the birth pool when Jared was like, We're next <laughs> Um and I just once we decided I kinda said, Let's wait till January, we'll talk about it, we'll really like we need to really decide. And so obviously January came, we decided to have another baby and I um kinda made the decision that okay, if this is what we're gonna do I just want to, like, I don't want the age gap to get any bigger. I mm. thought that the bigger the age gap got, the harder it would be to go back to, like, a baby. Like, we at that point had a five- and a seven-year-old. Um, and so we made the decision. So I decided that we were just going to, like, get straight back into it. So basically, <laughs> um, yeah, we I just was like, let's get it over and done with, which 
basically, it was either let the age gap get bigger and potentially that would be harder to go back to a newborn or, mm. um, or let my body recover. And so I was like, nah, we're just going to throw the body. We're just going to get straight back into it. <laughs> so I am very fortunate that, um, I do get pregnant very easily and um, myself and, and Jared do that, uh, with ease, which is super, we're super lucky. I know not everyone can be like that. And mm-hmm. um, so I basically got my period back end of January and, um, got a positive pregnancy test in February. So we got pregnant super quick, um, yeah. like first ovulation cycle because I wanted to get pregnant very quickly um, and not muck around, I did use like ovulation sticks like straight away and work mm. out. It was pretty tricky to work out when I was ovulating because obviously um, I hadn't been able to track many a cycle or anything. Yeah, I literally yeah. had only had the one period. Um, and yeah, we were having our joint 30th. And so one of my friends made me do a test um, like in the week before to make sure I wasn't pregnant so that, you know, I could get effed up with a con- without a conscience so yeah. <laughs> um and it was very negative and then I was due to get my period that weekend and I kind of had like a little bit of spotting but didn't really get it and then on the Tuesday after I was like oh just I've got one last test left like I woke up that morning and was like mm, I still haven't got my period and one of my first pregnancy symptoms is I get really thirsty like obsessively thirsty mm. like the dries of doom like you have no <laughs> idea and it's been the same with all four pregnancies so I um did a pregnancy test and it was like super positive so uh it was really cool because we still had a lot of our um like my best friend was flying out that morning so we had and our house was full of like our best friends still so it was really cool um I told my two best friends like immediately because Jared was still asleep so they found out for Jared (laughs) and um then I just went and put the pregnancy test next to his bed on his phone because I knew (laughs) he'd get his phone as soon as he woke up but then when he woke up he just moved the pregnancy test off his phone (laughs) and I was like he's like I don't know I just didn't think like I was like I didn't even look at it like I just moved it and I was like Okay, cool. That was meant to be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then it was really cool for him. He, like, immediately, like, ran out to the lounge to tell two of his best friends who were here. So, yeah, it was real nice that we were able to, like, immediately share that with, like, our people. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so then uh, it was fairly, like, can't you know, waited till the 12 weeks. I think we told the kids when I was about 10 weeks pregnant because we were spending Easter with our family. And so we were going to tell my siblings and stuff. And so we obviously wanted the kids to know first. But I also, um, like all of our friends and like close, like immediate family knew. Um, But I just really wanted to wait as close to 12 weeks as possible just for the kids because they had been through like the whole Ziggy thing and the surrogacy Mm. and kind of not getting a baby that way. And so I just didn't really know if I wanted to put them through had we had a miscarriage or, um, you know, like things not have worked out. I just didn't know how I wanted to deal with that with the kids. Mm. Um, So yeah, I think I was about 10 weeks when we told them, there's a video on my Instagram of it. It's very cute. Um, we printed t-shirts that said big bro and big sis and Ruby couldn't read. <laughs> <laughs> and so Jared's like, Jared's like, we should have got them to put them on and close their eyes. And I was like, okay, a Ruby can't read and she definitely can't read upside down. So yeah. like, no. <laughs> um, and so that was like super cute because 
Actually, for like a month before we told them that we were pregnant, Rocky would come into our room every morning and be like, did you make a baby last night? (laughs) And so that's how inappropriate our family is. Um, And so he'd just constantly basically be asking us how much sex we'd had. So that was cool. Oh, God, so funny. (laughs) But we were already pregnant um, and he just didn't know. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so it was super. I think that I... I didn't like struggle, but I think that having a miscarriage was definitely more on my mind Mm. this time around. I think that, like I said to my midwife, like, I don't know, we've obviously been super fortunate to have got, I carried four pregnancies, um, full term with, you know, no complications. And I think that knowing the statistic, which I think is one in four pregnancies, I was just like, you know, obviously that's not how statistics work, but I don't know. And I think as well, like this was, not that my other babies weren't really wanted, but Rocky, we had at 22, had an IUD in and definitely didn't plan him. Mm. And then I just feel like Ruby was just like, I don't know, we were just like, okay, we're pregnant. And yeah. like, this was such a wanted, wanted, wanted pregnancy. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, I just, I did, I definitely was more anxious about something going wrong um, in those like early days, more anxious than I was with any of the other pregnancies. Mm. Yeah. So that was quite a different like experience for me, but I um, literally had like three days of feeling like a bit nauseous and a bit shitty and the rest of it was amazing. This was by far my easiest pregnancy, which (laughs) I'm really surprised about um, considering like what my body had been through. But yeah, the the kind of first um, trimester was fairly easy compared to the other ones. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Cool. And did you have the same midwife as you did with Ziggy or what, what happened there? Um, so the midwife I had with Ziggy was my midwife I had with Ruby, um, mm-hmm. and she actually retired after um, Ziggy's birth. So, oh, okay. but we had a student midwife um, with her who'd been to quite a few of my appointments and um, was at Ziggy's birth. Um, and she actually, so how we did it at Ziggy's birth was one of our midwives went with them to another room with Ziggy, and then one stayed with me, and it worked out that Kirsty. Um, the student midwife was the one that stayed with me. So I actually um, had a lot to do with her. So we knew that she was an option um, for our midwife this time, which made us both really happy. And so I got her this time. Awesome. Yeah. So that was really cool. Yeah. Nice. And did you do the sort of standard testing that you're offered in New Zealand? And did you find out the sex of the baby? So we, um, we did, we didn't do a dating scan or anything like that. Um, I was pretty like confident with my dates. Um, and we did the, we did a 12 week scan. Um, and I did not do gestational diabetes, which I also didn't do with Ziggy. Um, Mm -hmm. I just opted out of that one, which you can do. Uh, and we did the 20 week scan where we did find out the sex, um, I think that my biggest reason for, we didn't find out with Ruby um, and we did find out with Rocky. And I think that maybe our biggest reason finding out this time was just the kids. And um, I just felt like it would be better for them to know uh, Ruby's like not the best person in the world. So um, (laughs) we just really needed to know um, whether it had a penis or a vagina so that we could prepare her if she was not going to like the outcome. But actually, uh, she got what she wanted because it's Ruby and Joyce gets what she wants. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, Yeah, so I think that's kind of all. um, Towards the end, I did have an extra... um, I was monitored for 
preeclampsia um, because mm-hmm. I had that with Ziggy. So I did, um, I just had a couple of days where I just wasn't feeling super great. And yeah. so um, a couple of the, I think I had a headache and um, I think, you know, when you know what symptoms are and you're like, I don't know if I'm having that or I'm just mm. convincing myself I'm having that. Yeah. So like I had quite an early headache for a couple of days and she, and another symptom is like kind of, blurred vision and I was like I think I have blurred vision but I was like I might just be really tired like I don't know um anyway I hadn't when I had so I had some testing um quite towards the end and everything was fine so that was cool there was no signs of preeclampsia so yeah I didn't I just I guess really all I had was the 12 and the 20 week scan yeah 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 cool and did you plan where you wanted to give birth or what you wanted your birth to look like I know that you had a, for those who haven't listened to Rocky and Ruby's um, episode and also Ziggy's episode, do you just want to quickly recap where you gave birth with them and then what your thoughts were this time? Yeah, so um, Rocky, I had in hospital um, and I had a very long, um, very long labour and I did really want to home birth Rocky, but I I didn't have the confidence um, whether or not that was like an age thing or the fact that I didn't know many people that had given birth um, or I did like I didn't know anyone that had home birthed um, and so I opted to have him in hospital and once I'd been through that experience I realized that actually I could have if I'd believed in myself had him at home and um, mm-hmm. so then that kind of um, drew me into have Ruby at home so she was a planned home birth so I just felt like there was a little bit of like medical intervention with Rocky mm. nothing like really major like I had a, a episiotomy and a von Tuss delivery um after pushing for four hours and a 37 hour labor <laughs> from my waters when my waters broke and um, yeah. so it was pretty like full-on um but I still really enjoyed the experience I had an amazing midwife and so I knew that I could definitely do it to have Ruby at home um, if it was a, a, a straightforward pregnancy and there were no complications. So I chose to have Ruby at home. Um, we lived with my parents. I had her in their lounge. They were stoked. <laughs> um, but we did um, – the midwife didn't make it. She didn't get the memo that I was having a baby. And so um, it's a bit of a funny story where my dad was drunk <laughs> – um he wasn't just it was like a Saturday night and they'd been in the 40th or something and and so my best friend who came for the birth had to drive him to the midwife's house because he was the only one who knew where she lived and they woke her up at like two in the morning and were like you've got to come like literally call the midwives (laughs) like they were on push bikes um and then they came and by the time they got home I had delivered Ruby myself so um with my mum and Jared there and yeah so that was all good (laughs) Um, and then I plan to have Ziggy at home um, purely because that's where I feel really safe and comfortable mm. to give birth. But uh, I did, like I said earlier, I developed preeclampsia, which is fairly common with an IVF baby. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we've never experienced preeclampsia um, genetically with myself and Jared. So, um, yeah, I got that and that meant that I had to birth in hospital. So, I was induced with him and I had him at 39 weeks um, here at Christchurch Women's. So, uh, but then also with his birth, it was a real fun time. (laughs) Um, I was really fortunate that I had such an amazing midwifery team uh, who basically advocated for me like you would never believe. Mm. And after being told by every doctor in that hospital that I would not be having a water birth and that I would be monitored and strapped to a bed and 
so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up having a water birth where um, I it was amazing. Basically, um, the mid the mid head midwife came in and said, "This is fine. If this is what you're choosing to do, we basically will leave you to it." And um, we just had my two midwives there with no hospital. Um, basically, no one from the hospital entered that room while I gave birth, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I had a beautiful water birth with him where he, um, you can listen to that story, but obviously Tess was there and got the baby straight away and that was cool. But um, I then suffered a massive postpartum hemorrhage. Um, yeah, so I was in the shower and Jared noticed that uh, he was showering me and he noticed that I was bleeding a lot and I was like, nah, it's fine. Um, it's just, you know, the water's running and it makes it look worse. And then almost immediately after I said that, I... Um, went really downhill. I almost passed out. He had to get me out of the shower really quickly. And then it was all go. And I think, I'm pretty sure I lost like three liters of blood, um, which is quite a lot, I think. I don't think it was that bad. And then I Googled, um, how much blood does your body have? And it doesn't have that much more than that. <laughs> um, so that was cool. And yeah, so that was obviously when you um, postpartum hemorrhage, you are also more likely to do it again um, next mm-hmm. time. So that was obviously a factor in our decision making. Um, but it was a really tricky situation, which is quite interesting and I find really fun. <laughs> and like this weird little like science experiment because um, it looked like it was all genetic based. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the baby I was delivering had no genetic connection to myself or Jared. So um, we... Yeah, it was, um, uh, yeah, I don't know, like, how much to go into it because I do, there is a whole nother episode on it. But um, basically, the, a very similar thing happened to the mother, Tess, and that's mm. why she couldn't carry a future child because she postpartum hemorrhage so bad at birth that she had to have a hysterectomy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of interesting <laughs> that um, yeah. the same thing then happened to me. So I ended up actually signing forms to have a hysterectomy because they couldn't stop the bleeding. And I was taken into surgery um, under general anesthetic where um, they were going to try and stop the bleeding vaginally. Then they were going to go um, through my stomach or something and then they basically like stop it that way. And if that didn't work, I, I had given consent for a hysterectomy. So um, they were able to do it pretty easily vaginally. And it was just a blood clot that was stopping my uterus from contracting back down. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that was kind of like my backstory, my my birthing history. And mm-hmm. um, so with Aggie, I definitely wanted to have a home birth again um, after that. So we planned for that and prepared for that. And that involved, um, I think that I felt really at ease that it wasn't a new midwife. It was mm-hmm. someone that had been there when all of this happened and really understood the history of the surrogacy. And it wasn't someone I was trying to convince, like, this is what happened. And like, you know, there's genetics at play and the IVF mm-hmm. and all of these other factors. It's not just a straightforward, I had a postpartum hemorrhage with our child and now I'm, you know, going to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was all for me having a home birth. There was um, more discussions had than normal, probably. Um, you know, I talked about my I didn't really have any concerns but obviously I wanted to know um what our plan was and so you know we talked about things like if I needed to transfer to hospital how does what does that look like um and so like for example I didn't realize that if we were transferring for myself 
uh, the baby has to go in, in private transport. So we had to be pre- like all ready for, you know, someone else to drive the baby to hospital mm. when I went in an ambulance. Um, just like little things like that. And then, you know, she um, told me that they kind of have a direct ambulance line situation if there is an emergency. Um, we won't be waiting around. Um, and then probably our biggest like thing was that if I did postpartum hemorrhage, how were we going to manage that? And so she was, our midwife was able to secure some extra drugs that the hospital uses that they don't normally carry. Um, so she had a basically everything the hospital would do before surgery she could do Mm -hmm. at home so I was really confident with that and at hospital I'm pretty sure it was like 45 minutes of them trying to stop the bleeding through drugs and IVs and all of these things before they actually were like okay we need to take you into surgery so that was like a really comfortable timeline for me that we had enough time up our sleeve to deal with it if we needed to. And uh, people will be listening going, nah, this is like way too much. Like (laughs) that's not like what, but I don't know. I'm like, I'm such a believer in birth. I love birth. I love every aspect of birth. I love people choosing how they want to birth and supporting that. And I don't think there's a right or a wrong way or um, like I genuinely, genuinely just love like all aspects of birth Mm. and I love that people advocate and get the birth they want um yeah so we kind of talked about that and then the um one way you manage postpartum hemorrhage is to have a managed um third stage of labor so that's Mm. um getting the placenta out so we had a plan that basically I was going to try and um deliver the placenta quickly myself and if that wasn't going to happen, then we were going to go to plan B, which was getting the, um, the um, injection, which is like, fa- it's, a, it's a fake hormone that um, helps you give birth to the placenta quickly. What's, I can't think of what it's called. Uh, um, is it syntocin or? Yes, yes, yeah. I'm pretty sure it is. So, um, and then also if the midwife wasn't comfortable with anything, we were just going to go straight to plan B. So, yeah, we'd talked about all those things, and so I was really comfortable with the decision. She was really comfortable with the decision. Um, Jared, he pretty much just goes with what I want to do, <laughs> so that's cool. And she was really great because Jared had a bit of trauma as well from um, when I started hemorrhaging at hospital. Mm. Everyone had gone. Like, I was fine. Like, my mum had gone home. Everyone, all of our support had left, um, and so it was just me and Jared when that happened. So... Um, he was basically watching me bleed these huge volumes of blood. Mm. And, and, you know, he saw the, the doctors just raking blood clots out of my body. And then all of a sudden I was just gone and he was left in a room like, what the hell just happened? Mm. <laughs> so um, it was really nice for him to talk over that stuff with the midwife and, and just know that I guess being at home, like we had that support. There was like, you know, everyone was, all of our people were here. Mm. Um yeah, so we were all good, and uh, the other thing is I was offered um, to meet with the obstetrics tra- team at the hospital early on because of my preeclampsia from last time, which again, you're more likely to get again, um, but I declined that because 
just understanding the situation and knowing that it was like IVF and like it was a different recipe and it's more common with IVF and that Jared and myself haven't had that happen with our genetics mm-hmm. before. Like it's very genetic based. So um, I was pretty happy to just see how we went. And like, like I said earlier, we did get that extra blood test and urine test towards the end because I did have a couple of things that I just didn't know if they were right. So yeah. I was super like aware of that. It definitely wasn't a situation of like, this is what I'm going to do and there's no way I'm changing my mind and blah, blah, blah. It was like, this is what I want to do, but, you know, we'll see what happens. And obviously, and that was kind of the same with Ziggy. I had people messaging me saying like, oh, you must be like devastated. You didn't get the birth you want. And I was like, well, you're the one telling me I didn't get the birth I wanted. Like, (laughs) I haven't said that. So, um, yeah. 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 Isn't it so funny how, like, and I know it's probably because people assume like, you know, you share all this stuff about, birthing and and your birth and then if it doesn't sound like what they thought your ideal birth is then it's like you haven't got what you wanted it's just yeah it's a funny thing for people to assume yeah I was just I would actually like well people just blow my mind daily on the internet (laughs) and their and their interactions with me um but yeah I was just like wait I never said that like I'm Mm. really good with this situation and like I said I had I literally had the dream birth for what my situation was. Mm -hmm. And that was purely because I had like at one point, oh, they broke my waters. And when I had Ziggy, they broke my waters. And then um, I had this lovely midwife who actually follows me and she, we were just kind of chatting and I was like, I brought up a water birth and this doctor turned around and like screamed and was like, you will not be getting in the water. And, um, the midwives kind of just looked at, there were two midwives in the room. They just kind of looked at each other and Jared, as soon as the doctor left the room, Jared was like, do I need a ring here? That's our midwife. And I was like, fuck yes. And then she literally walked in the door a second later because another midwife had already rung her saying they're going to break her waters. Um, so I was like, thank God you're here because she just made everything better. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it just shows you how quickly it could have gone um, just away from what I wanted and what I yeah. knew I could do. And if I didn't have someone like in my corner yeah. and I just had to go along with what everyone was saying I had to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's like side note, but quite, I just find quite interesting. Yeah. No, I think um, if there's anything I've learned from the podcast, it's that that happens so often that yeah. you just get a bit pushed around. And um, yeah, if you don't have someone advocating for you, it can be really hard to do yourself. Yes, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And I know that um, after Ziggy's birth that you had some serious issues with hemorrhoids. So were you worried about that going into this birth? Um, Absolutely. (laughs) That was actually like genuinely like that was something we talked about as a couple when we decided if we were going to have another baby. Like that was a massive factor because um, I just had, I don't know if that had happened when I spoke to you. I probably, I think I spoke to you quite quickly, and so I probably wasn't in the thick yeah, of it. I think you was, you had them, but maybe it wasn't like the really. Yeah. Really so <laughs> basically, like I, I've had hemorrhoids with every birth. I've just um, had them again this time, and but they've always just like been there and like I don't know, gone away. And I put mm-hmm. a cream on them, and I was like, "See you later," and they just fucked off. Like yeah. it was fine. <laughs> um, and then I had Ziggy. <laughs> And I got hemorrhoids and was like, cool, we've been here, done this, we know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what happened was uh, they weren't like massive or anything, like it was not anything dramatic, but um, one of them got thimbrosed, which is basically where it's like strangled. And so it's just like incredibly painful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
then I realized, I, well, it took five weeks to get a referral to a butt doctor. And then when I went and did that, he also was like, you've got an anal fissure, which is a tear like in your asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had that on top of the Thimbrose Timroid. And um, like, I honestly just don't even know, like, I, it's just like indescribable. And I think people, I, I think I felt, I shared it all. I, I, I cried on the internet. Mm-hmm. I, I literally shared everything and then would be like feeling really vulnerable and be like, Oh my God, you're crying over your asshole. Like people are going to think you're a fruit (laughs) loop, but like, I just can't, like I would not wish that on my worst enemy. It was horrific. Like I couldn't, I could not get out. I was bedridden for five weeks. Jared had to take me to the doctor. We went to the doctor for five weeks straight in a row. Um, because they don't give me, they're going to give you a week's worth of tramadol because you know, drug seeking and whatnot. Um, and so we had to go back to the, no one would refer me to a specialist. Um, everyone was like, they just go away. You're fine. Like nobody would do anything. And we ended up in hospital. And again, the lady, the doctor, like, looked at my butt and was like, oh, they're very small. And I remember just bursting into tears. And then she was like, she obviously, like, felt bad and was like, no, honestly, like, I know it's painful. And so, like, everyone expected these massive, like, oranges to be hanging out of my asshole. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But they were just little raisins. (laughs) Um, It was just, like, hell on earth. I can't Mm. even – it's like I keep checking my – my like uh story memories and i'm just waiting for something to pop up because it was around this time last year and like i've got ptsd like i'm traumatized um (laughs) but then we got to a specialist and um he gave me a cream called retrogesic which i don't think you can take if you are breastfeeding um so it wasn't obviously fine for me but not ideal for when people keep asking me what to do and i'm like i don't know because i'm pretty sure you can't take what i took And it's just this really gnarly cream that you stick up your butthole like three times a day for like three weeks straight. And it gives you an immediate headache on skin contact. It's oh, so wow. strong. Uh, but it fixed me up. And I was at the point where I was like Googling, like I was ready to change my whole lifestyle to like a high fiber diet and never eat red meat. Like all of these things. I was mm. like, I thought this was the rest of my life. It was, yeah. it was, and it took its toll on Jared. Like it was, it was so hard, like so mm. hard. Um, and I just keep thinking, imagine if I had a baby in the mix of this as well, which I obviously didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I had that happen to me, which was, yeah, just not even words, can't even describe it. Yeah, I remember seeing your stories and just being like, oh my God, like I just, I was nervous after watching your stories. Yeah. But so like, we'd um, kind of put a plan in place this time. I forgot what this question was and it was about okay. that. Was I nervous this time? <laughs> anyway, um, so I definitely, we talked about that because if it did happen again, it meant that Jared would have had to take time off work and not only look after me, but there would have been a baby for him to look after. Yeah. Um, and so there were all these factors. Um, when I was pushing Aggie, um, my, I, my, I'd said to my midwife, I need you to tell me, if you feel like I'm holding back because of my bum. Mm. And I, she said to me, she's like, you need to let go of your butt like, and do this because she could mm. tell that I wasn't pushing because she came down and then went back up. And um, yeah. and I knew that. Like I said out loud, oh, my God, she's gone right back up. And that was my midwife was like, you've got to let go of your asshole. And then she actually said, do you want me to hold your bum hole? And I was like, yes, please. So <laughs> she had a flannel, which we had talked about that being a bit of a plan if we needed to, that she yeah. – 
held on my butt, but it was funny in the end. She actually doesn't think she was anywhere near my asshole, but <laughs> the, just her doing that made me feel like she was doing yes. something, and so I could yeah, yeah. let go of it, which... Yeah. Yeah, so um, she did that, and yeah, we are... Four weeks in, and so far, so good. And it's Amazing. Ha- hallelujah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and just before we jump into your birth story, did you do anything like antenatal expressing or perennial massage or any of that sort of stuff before your birth? Yeah, so I did antenatal expressing. Um, I actually just today got Instagram to put my videos back on because they got mad oh, about I filmed myself doing it because that's what I do with my life. And um, I just felt like nobody, there's no actual videos of people doing it anywhere. No, so not. I was like, I'm just going to do it YOLO. And yeah. then I have there in a highlight reel. If anyone wants to learn how to do internal expressing, you can do that on my Instagram now because Instagram gave it back to me. Um, Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, after taking it down for sexual nudity and whatnot. Um and it was so funny. We had people around to our house the day that I put it on Instagram and she follows me <laughs> and um, she just goes, she goes to, oh, she goes, Jared, have you seen her Instagram today? And then just started laughing and he was like, oh, fuck, like it doesn't even matter. Like at this point, like nothing phases him. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Cool. And do you want to talk us through your labor starting? Um, was it spontaneous? How far along were you? And then into your birth story. Yeah, so um, I had Aggie on our due date, um, which I think like a stupidly low amount of babies are born on their due mm. date, which I thought was really fun. Um, and my sister also had her baby on her due date, which oh, I think cool. is fun. Um, I love things like that. Um, and yeah, so I had Rocky two weeks early and then Ruby, I think, was like three days over due date. Um, so it was kind of like just we didn't really, obviously like, then I was induced with Ziggy. We just didn't really know when, like, you know, there was, well, you don't know, like, no one knows what's happening. It's just, it is what it is. Um, so I'd been like, oh my God, I drank so much raspberry leaf tea. <laughs> I was like walking, I was like doing all the things. Jared would not have sex with me, so that was annoying. <laughs> um, I was like, I just need you calm. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> not actually that interested in you right now. <laughs> I was like, I just need those prostaglandins yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway... And then a naturopath I follow on Instagram, she actually told me this is like, she told me that it's actually better to take it orally. Really? <laughs> so then I told him that and he's like, hey, and I was like, nah, absolutely not. And I was like, get away from me. <laughs> so that was funny. Um, anyway, I digress into my weird stuff. Um, but yeah, so then I, so I had her on the 5th of November, which is Guy Fawkes Day. And uh, my birthday's Boxing Day, Jared's birthday's St. Patrick's Day, Ruby's <laughs> Halloween, Rocky's nothing, so I was Rocky. Um, and so I was like, I don't know, I just had this feeling that mate, that would be fun. And I love stuff like that, so uh, that's what happened. Um, yeah. So the night before, I had some, like, kind of niggles. And I kind of said to Jared, like, I've had, like, some consistent pains. But then we went to sleep, and I woke up, and I didn't have a baby. So I was like, cool. And um, that was nothing. And then... At like, 
so it was on a Friday, and at maybe like um, like four thirty, I said to Jared, "I've been having really consistent like pains, but like nothing major, but like they're consistent." And so that's what made me think maybe it was something. And so I was like, "Let's just in like an hour or two, let's just like I'll just watch them for the next two hours, and if they get more intense, then I think this is it." And he was like, oh, whatever, because I had, I'd had um, a irritable uterus, which is what you get the more children you have, mm. apparently. Such a nice thing to have. <laughs> and it's basically just like you have contractions forever. So I'd been having, um, like, I guess it's like a step up from Braxton Hicks, which I've never really had before with any of the other kids, like nothing. And so um, I was pretty exhausted from that. And I think that because it was my fourth pregnancy, I was fairly confident. Like, I never actually thought I was in labor apart from that night before. Um, so, yeah, I was, I'd kind of, Jared was like, yeah, but you've kind of been in labor for like three weeks now. I was like, <laughs> he didn't. I was like, all you've wanted is this baby and now you're not excited. Like, I was kind of mad at him. Anyway, and then um, I went to the toilet and I had like a bit of a bloody show. So I was like, to Jared, okay, this is like something. And again, he was like, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. And I was like, do you want to see it? <laughs> no, he meant a baby. Um, so I then, and I guess I'd lost a bit of my mucus plug, but I don't know, you, you know, you kind of just like doubt things. You're like, is yeah. it? Um, so I rang my midwife at about six o'clock and said, I'm pretty sure I'm in labor. Um, but uh, yeah, just because I, I, I just thought it was early enough that she could just be like, so then she was like, cool, I'll have like a good dinner and you know, whatnot. And um, because we did think that when I went into labor, it would go quite quickly just after obviously, again, being like a fourth um, pregnancy. Mm. And my other, um, obviously Rocky's was really long, but Ziggy and Ruby, my waters have always broke spontaneously. So I would have this real hang up that until my waters broke, I wasn't having a baby. And my mum and my sister were like, that's not a thing. Like you <laughs> definitely are in labor. And I was like, nah, I, like, I don't think so. Like my waters haven't broken. Um, so I was really hung up on that, which is kind of weird. Uh, and so, yeah, I rang the midwife and she was like, cool. And oh, sorry. So Ziggy and um, Ruby were both seven hours from my waters breaking. So mm -hmm. I kind of like had that as like a ballpark because I was like, well, why would that change? Um, and then we kind of had to work out what to do. So Rocky is seven, just about eight. He was, he's coming to the birth. He's all over it. He can't wait. And so we knew that. But Ruby, um, our six-year-old, she, she just had like, Absolutely. She doesn't love medical things, doesn't like blood, um, doesn't do stuff like that. She also, I don't know, she definitely held a bit of trauma from me being in hospital for so long with Ziggy and then also like being so sick with the butt stuff afterwards mm. that she just didn't want a bar of it. Absolutely not. We tried to read books with her. We gave her, like someone messaged me and was like, does Ruby know why she wasn't allowed? Oh, it was a question box. They said, does Ruby know why she wasn't allowed at the birth? And I was like, hold on. Like, don't assume she wasn't allowed there. Like, we're respecting her wishes and what she wants. And that was to absolutely have nothing to do with a baby coming mm. out of my vagina. Um, so we kind of had to make the decision like of telling them. So I think at about seven o'clock, we sat them down and was like, mum's having the baby. Um, and Ruby just like burst into tears, like <laughs> total loss of the plot, which mm. I don't really think we knew what to expect like with her. Um, but also our plan with her was that she was going to go to my parents' house with my dad, but that weekend my dad had gone fishing, um, which he does once a year. <laughs> um, so I was like, cool. So then we had... 
to kind of have a backup plan. Um, so we were like, we're well, going to go to, you know, my sister's house. And um, she was like, no, absolutely not. I'm going to Nana's house. That's what I'm doing. And I was like, well, Nana's coming to the birth. And so we kind of just were like, you're going to Sarah's. And um, she finally calmed down and we were like, we just let her make the decision. So um, I said, do you want mum and dad to take you? Or do you want Sarah to come get you or a Nana to take you? And so she wanted my mum to take her. So Oh my god, my mum came and I was probably crying. It was I'm very tired today, but it was just so horrific. So she um didn't want to go, but she, like she, and she's really aware. She said to um someone the other day, she was like, "Oh, I was so upset and I didn't want to leave, but I also didn't want to be at the birth." Like mm. it was like she was really torn because she knew she didn't want to be here and she needed to go, but she also like obviously just leaving was really hard. So yeah. Yeah. Um, she kicked and screamed and cried while Jared and myself like forced her out into the car. And then she was like opening the car doors when they were trying to drive. Like it was really horrific and it was so hard. And I was like trying to not cry while she was leaving. And then as soon as they drove out the driveway, I just like burst into tears and was like hysterically sobbing in the driveway. (laughs) And then, oh, it was just, it was really, really hard. And I think that I just like really understand how birth works and, and the mental side of giving birth and things like Mm -hmm. that. So I then immediately got really like worried and anxious that that was going to block me from progressing Mm -hmm. at that point because it was still really early on. Um, and Jared's parents had Jared's mum and his stepdad had actually arrived from the North Island that morning. So they were here and I just felt really vulnerable and like, I felt like I was being watched, even though I wasn't. They were very not watching me or like, you know, (laughs) like that was not a thing. But, you know, when you're feeling really vulnerable and you're just like a a bit irrational. So I just like went into our room and like hysterically cried in there. And then Jared was like, you know, what do you want to do? And I was like, I need your parents to leave. Like, I just, I can't feel like I'm being watched, even Mm. though, again, full credit to them, I was not being watched. (laughs) And so that was fine. And then he goes, he goes, well, where do you want them to go? And I was like, they can fucking figure that out. And I remember just being like, why are you asking me this? And like, he was just trying to make everyone happy. Like, whereas they were fine. Like, I was like, they can go to a pub or something. Anyway, so... They happily left um, and went and had a drink somewhere and um, we kind of came up with this new plan where, because Jared's stepdad was here and I didn't really want him around while I was giving birth because I'm very, like, I know what I want and who I want and things like that. So Mm. um, he actually swapped with my mum. So when my mum came here, he went to mum and dad's house while Ruby was asleep. So so mum took Ruby to the supermarket and brought her all the lollies in the world and she was happy as shit. So um that all worked out okay so Jared's parents left and we just kind of like potted around together and it was just really nice to like regroup and like center ourselves and so we put up the birth pool which was quite funny because my sister also had a water birth and we're very different people and so she I remember her doing a a run through she had the pool up they'd practice they'd time shit (laughs) me and Jared did not and so we're like putting the pole up and there's a bung missing. And then I'm texting the midwife going, I can't find the liner. And she's like, it's right there. <laughs> and then um, with we couldn't get the hoses to connect to the caliphant. It was just like this nightmare, which is real classic Rebecca and Jared and my dad not being here to help us. Anyway, so we finally <laughs> figured it all out. We get the pole up. And so that was really nice to like distract me from um, 
everything. And then we've still got Rocky here who's so hyped up. It's like the day before Christmas. He's like, <laughs> I'm a, he literally said three times, I'm a midwife. I'm not going to bed. And we oh were like, gosh. it's going to be a long night. You really need to go to bed. So he finally went to sleep, but really late. Like it would have been after nine by the time he, he was so excited. Um, and we're like, buddy, the, we could be doing this all night. Like, we, you know, yeah. you need to go to sleep. So he finally went to sleep um, and we had got everything sorted. I was feeling really good. I'd worked really hard on like my mental energy and like just getting myself back to a place of like, I was just so worried that things would fizzle out because I mm. wasn't mentally in the game. So mm. um, we got everything sorted. Jared called his parents and like, you guys can come back. She's totally chill now. <laughs> um, and then... It must have been about nine o'clock at that point. And I said to Jared, I want to go for a walk. Like, again, I was so in my mind. I was like, I'm not letting this, like, stall mm. or just turn into nothing. So um, we live by a crematorium, which is, like, our local park in, like, a really respectful way. <laughs> we, yeah. go walk, we go walking there all the time and, like, know the groundsmen. And, like, there's, like, a couple of um, big grass overflow, pa- like, um, for parking. So we literally go there and, like, it's like a park. Um so I was like, we're walking to the crematorium and he's like, it's like nine o'clock at night. And I was like, yeah, we're going to the crematorium. And he's like, cool. That's not creepy at all. Yeah. Um, so we walked down to the crematorium and I was having contractions. Um, and then we kind of just like hung around there for a little bit. <laughs> it's very weird. Um, <laughs> and then they started getting like quite intense. So we started coming back and like, we, I, so I wouldn't even be, it'd be like 500 meters of that down the road. Um, so then we started coming back and had to stop quite a bit and things. Um, and then we must have got back like just for 10 and I walked into our lounge again remember my waters haven't broken and it's really like it is it's in the back of my mind the whole time like I don't do this till my waters break mm-hmm. um and so I walked into our lounge and my waters broke and <laughs> I just like stood there and kicked my slippers off because I was like oh not my slippers and Jared was sitting on the couch and he said I just looked like a little kid who had like wet themselves in a supermarket <laughs> and I was like oh like um but I also knew it wasn't all of my waters, like it wasn't enough because mm. I've had them broke before. So then I was like, okay, we're like totally actually in labor. So at that point, I um, I went to the toilet to try and sort my life out and like just, you know, not leak all over the house. Um, and by the time I stood up off the toilet, I actually couldn't leave the toilet. My, interaction, my contractions were so intense and just like on top of each other. Mm. So I called the midwife from the bathroom and was like, yeah, we're like we're on like for realsies we're like on on um and then also we had a birth photographer and videographer so I called both them and then yeah I don't know like contractions were like I guess because I've done this so much and so (laughs) recently um like I think that was more it so recently like so I gave birth on the 5th of November this year and gave birth on the 15th of November last year so like you know twice within a year by a week or two um and so like I don't know I just felt like yeah this is a lot but it's also like we've it's not a lot a lot like I don't know like I don't want to say it was easy it wasn't it hurt but also I was like so fine between the contractions I was just this real normal person and like Mm. they were like on top of each other and then my um the videographer and the birth photographer they both arrived before the midwife um and I think as well (laughs) this is so bad I think I genuinely as well like I didn't get in the pool when I probably could have for pain because I was like, they're going to get no, no, no footage. Like I'm just going to be in the pool and that's boring. So I like, I, I'm not even kidding. I'm obviously a narcissist. So I like stayed out of the pool and was like, I like, I need them to take like some like out of the pool shots of us all yeah. like, you know, 
Anyway, so I didn't get in the pool for ages. And then the midwife came and I was like, oh, I think I'm going to get in the pool now. Um, and I I really enjoy a, a hands-off approach as far as my um, midwifery care and like my LMT mm. care goes. So um, I basically just do it in the midwife's there. Um, and that's what I've done the last kind of three births and that's what works for me. Um, so I was like to her, oh, I'm going to, I think I said to her, can I get in the pool? And she was like, if you want to, like that's totally up to you. And um, so, yeah, I... I still had my underwear on and I just had like a, a bra on and I hopped in the pool and as soon as I sat down I was like I'm pushing and I just looked at the midwife like terrified <laughs> and I was like I'm pushing like and she was like um okay that's fine like cool go with it and I was like nah like no thank you because I was like I have got a while in the pool to hang out and she was like no you're pushing <laughs> um <laughs> So then, do you know what's funny? I don't know. You might have even shared it. There was like a week before I gave birth, this woman video, uh, pictures of this woman giving birth and her, she had her underwear on and the midwife was like pulling the baby out of yes. her pants. Yeah. Anyway, I saw that and I was like, huh. Like I judged her. I was like, <laughs> who doesn't, who can't get their underwear off to give birth? <laughs> like, and I swear to God that happened to me. So I'm in the pool and I'm like pushing and I am in so much pain during contractions. I don't have time to, and, not not be in pain and pull my pants off mm-hmm. so my sister's pushing my underwear down from the front of the pool and my mum's like in the pool trying to pull them off me via the back <laughs> and I'm like oh my god this is happening to me and this is karma because I was a judgy bitchy mum and I was like how did you not get your underwear off and now I can't get my underwear off um and it just happened really quickly so then I was super nauseous which I've not really had before um and I, I got a bit nauseous in Ruby's labor, but that was really early on. And I think it's because I got on the pool and got too hot. Um, and so this was like, uh, my, my sister is holding a bowl over the side of the pool. And I've got Jared, because um, I rely really heavily on Jared. I don't know, like, I, we just know what we're doing um, so well now that it's just, it was just all very easy because it's like we'd had a practice run literally 10, 11 and a half months earlier. Um, so I have never experienced such an intense, like, I guess that was like transition and Mm -hmm. pushing and everything happening at the same time. And so I'm like in the pool pushing and then I'm also dry reaching in this bowl and I'm also like, Jared, love me. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just so, it was just a lot. So, um, yeah, it was really cool. So then, um, I was, I was pushing, I could feel her head, um, and then that was when she went back up. So she, I was like, she was right there. And then I was like, oh my God, she's gone. Like she's back. Mm. She's, she's long gone. And I had like PTSD from that's what happened with Rocky. He'd come right down and then go right back up. And that's when I was pushing for four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, oh shit, this sucks. And that's when I believe my midwife kind of said like, you got to let go of your butt stuff. And then she, <laughs> that's when she started the flannel compress. I'm pretty sure on my left tailbone. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, it's a mental thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so then I pushed her down and she was like right there and I don't know, she just like, it was just, I don't want to say easy because it fucking hurt, Mm. but it just kind of, I just knew I was just, it was very, um, I don't want to say normal or natural either because I don't want to exclude other types of birds, but it was just, it just kind of, it's like my body was so well prepared and had such good, um, 
memory that it was just easy. Like she yeah, was just, yeah, it fucking hurt. I tell you really? what, <laughs> I very much remembered that burning ring of fire from Ziggy and was yeah. like, it's happening. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just kind of felt her. And then um, it was so weird because in between every contraction in the pool, I'd be like, so Rocky was sitting on the couch with my mum in the corner and I'd be like, buddy, buddy, come over, have a look. And he'd be like, absolutely not. And just, he just had this big smile on his face the whole time. Yeah. Um, and so when I got in the pool and I started realizing I was pushing, I immediately said, like, Who's, where's Rocky? Someone go get Rocky. And my sister had already tried to wake him up and couldn't. And so my mum, who's quite a small, like, woman, she went and just got him, like, picked him up out of bed, brought him out to the lounge, put a blanket on him and, like, woke him up out here so that he was here. Because I was really, like, I knew he wanted to be here and yeah. I just didn't want him to miss it. And so I was like, where's Rocky? Anyway, so then he came out and it was literally the best experience of my life having him here because he wanted to be here and yeah. um, it was so cool. And so we'd kind of talked to him before about like potentially him catching the baby or him cutting the cord. And we'd talked about like the texture of the cord and things like that. And Jared was like, Oh, I'll help you. And like, you know, um, and then when he was here, every, honestly, every time I had a break, I was like, come on, Rocky, it's fun. And he was like, no. <laughs> um, so yeah. And then, she just, I don't know, again, I, that's my third water birth. So she just kind of like came out. And I, I, I even said in the, before my final push, when you get that bit of a rest, I was like, I was like, she's just going to shoot out everyone. Like, <laughs> I was, I'm just, it's very bizarre. I, I talk in really inappropriate situations. Um, and then she did. So I knew that that next push, she was going to come out. And I think I just, like, um, I find birth a real mental game. So I just knew everything that was happening the whole time and was able to, like, calm myself and things. <laughs> but it was so quick. So um, then she came out and she literally shot out. And I kind of just, like, left her there. Like, it was a very calm situation because I knew what a, what happens with a water birth. And she kind of just hung out. And Jared's like, she just hung out on the bottom of the pool for a while. <laughs> and then I just pulled her up because um, I like to do that. I had offered for Jared to catch the baby because I was like, if it's our last, then you know, you can catch it. But there were, even if he had wanted to, I probably still would have just done it because that's what comes natural to me. Mm. So yeah. I just pulled her up and um, we, um, she was all good. She was, she didn't, sorry, she didn't cry for a little bit. And I, I was fine with that because I, kn I knew that she was still within the normal realm. Um, but I know Jared started panicking a little bit and kind of was like, is she okay? And yeah. then I was like, is she okay? And then the middle was like, she's fine. And I was like, she's fine. And then she cried. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that was really cool. And then that was when um, my mum must have brought Rocky over and um, he came over and we've got the most beautiful photos of, like, him and Jared, like, hugging and, like, smiling and, and looking at her and stuff. So that was really cool. And then he became, like, super involved from there where he kind yeah. of, like, stayed by me and, like, wanted to see things and know things and stuff. Um, so... I was holding her and kind of we were doing delayed cord clamping. So I was checking her cord again because I kind of know how to do these things now. So I was checking her cord to see if it was still pulsing um, and like the color of it. And then the midwife just said to me, um, she said, I need to, I'm going to give you an injection. Do you want it in your butt and your, or your thigh? And I was like, I, I immediately knew that that was us going to 
plan B um, and that I was obviously bleeding but I just kind of and I said to her does it matter we are will it hurt I think I said will it hurt less and she was like no probably not and so I just stood up and I actually oh she I think it was my thigh oh I don't actually remember she just put it somewhere um and it was quite nice because we'd already had the conversations about it it wasn't like a matter of her like getting consent about we're gonna go to this next um you know we're gonna we're gonna we need might need to do this it was like we'd already had that conversation I'd already given the okay and knew that that's what needed to be done. And so it was really nice, like, just being able to do it and be Mm -hmm. comfortable with it and not have questions or be worried. Um, And I think at one point I just looked at her and I said, is everything okay? And she said, yes, everything's fine. And I knew it was fine. Um, So she obviously wasn't happy with the bleeding that was happening. Um, And so then I said to her, are we still fine to do delayed cord clamping? And she was like, yep, you're still fine. So I just kept monitoring the cord. And as soon as I felt like we were good and it had stopped pulsing, um, we got that cut and or clamped and cut. So Jared did that and we had a a muka peto um, tie. So we used that. And um, then Jared grabbed Aggie and did skin to skin with her and I hopped out of the pool to deliver the placenta so um with that managed um third stage they I had to do the awkward coughing thing which I was familiar with because I had to do that with Ziggy um and so yeah we just had the couch set up I just lay on the couch everyone was still in the room um and that was pretty like non-eventful we got it out and I think that going on from there till the midwives left, um, yeah, so they were really monitoring the bleeding post-birth situation. And so, um, I, but also I was really aware with, of it. So, you know, when you get like the gushes, which is super mm. normal, um, kind of, I guess I remember the gushes in Ziggy's birth and that kind of scared me a little bit. Like I'd be mm. like, oh, can you check me? I just felt like a gush because I remember the gushes and I remember yeah, them being yeah. so hard out and being like, and them being, there being so much like kind of like danger in the room. Mm-hmm. And so um, they spent a lot of time, you know, reassuring me, but also they were also checking for their own kind of reassurances, I guess as well. And so I think yeah. that they estimate that I lost like 700 mils, which is still considered a postpartum hemorrhage, but obviously um, not on the same scale and it was all manageable at home. Um, yeah, so we did that and then it was just really cool. I'm so glad we got the home birth. We had um, my mum, my sister, Jared. It was amazing as well because his mum wanted to come and had planned to come from New Plymouth. But obviously that depended on um, timing of the birth and flights and things. And so that just arrived that morning. Um, so that was really cool that she was here because um, she was at Rocky's birth, which was quite traumatic for her because it was very mm-hmm. similar to her birth when she um, gave birth to my husband, Jared. And so I think it was probably really nice for her to be at this one, which was a totally different situation. Um, yeah. And then we had my friend Liv here who has had three um, caesareans and she gets very sick with um, preeclampsia and um just has a couple of other complications. So she really, really, really wanted to see um, a vaginal birth. And so I was like, yeah, that's fine. You can come. And Jared was like, yeah, that's cool. So she was here and it was just like, it was so special having her here because she was just so like, 
excitable about there's some really cute photos yeah. of her where she's so excited and she's you know rocky knows her really well and so she was with rocky her and there's a nice there's such a nice part in the video of her and my mum and rocky's in the middle of them and um i must i think i've just given birth to her and they're both just like grabbing rocky like so excited yeah. um so it was really cool to have her there and for her to experience you know she just really wanted to to experience that and so i'm so happy that we were able to give her that mm. Yeah, yeah, so it was just like a real cool, and then we all just like hung out for eight because we don't have that time before leading up to the birth. So yes. I my waters broke yep. at ten oh five, and I had her at um quarter part eleven seventeen, I think it was. So it was like super quick. Jared reckons I was in the pool for twenty minutes before I actually ha- she was out of me. Um, yeah, so it was real quick. So we had a really cool time afterwards. I got my um, jam toast and my Milo and my little <laughs> glass cup, which I just bought yeah. out from an op shop. So I still got that part of the hospital experience. Um, and yeah, we all just like hung out. Rocky did some skin to skin with Aggie, oh, which was like yeah. the sweetest thing ever. And then, um, we, me, or oh, I like the beauty of a home birth is like, well, I suppose any birth, but you know, I don't know who put Rocky back to bed. I don't know when he went back to sleep. Um, you know, we just all hung out and then had, had a cup of tea and everything together. And then we went to bed and they, um, my mum and Jared's mum and my sister all just dealt with the lounge and the pool and stuff. Mm. And, then we were, uh, well, that was that. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, cool. so it's real cool. Beautiful. And when did Ruby come home? So she came home in the morning. Um, my mum had text and we were all awake pretty early. Like, I think that's yeah. just like, you're still like a bit on a bit. We also had McDonald's when Jared's stepdad came back from my mum's house when mum got home. Um, Jared was like, go to McDonald's. So we also ate McDonald's at like three in the morning, which was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so she came back in the morning, maybe like eight o'clock, like it was quite early. And it was kind of like a bit, we were all a bit like on edge about, you know, and again, someone was like, why don't you film Ruby meeting the baby? And I was like, because I'm not putting extra pressure on her when she already yeah. feels like a bit vulnerable. And like, I didn't know how she would react. Anyway, she like straight to Aggie, loved it and mm-hmm. is just like her biggest fan ever since then. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. both kids have like adapted to having the baby around super well. Um, yeah. Which we were, we genuinely were worried about Ruby. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Nah, but she's been like amazing. So, yeah. 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 Oh, so awesome. that's been really cool too. Yeah. Very cool. And how has your, um, I know Aggie's four weeks old, but um, your breastfeeding been going so far? I think you had mastitis, didn't you? Yeah. So um, apparently I just really suck at postpartum now. So um, <laughs> I had, uh, so what would she have been? maybe a week old yeah so she was a week old and I got mastitis and I got it like really really bad so um like I know people get it really bad and end up in hospital but it just was super quick and um that night it was a a Friday night she was two weeks and Jared had to go to work for a little bit and when he came home I was like oh like I've got her under my armpit and I was like is it a bit red and he's like yeah but I went to sleep and when I woke up in the morning it was so red and so Mm. sore and like I could feel a lump and so I texted my midwife and I was like, I'm pretty sure I've got mastitis. And she texts back and kind of said, like, do you have any other, like, do you feel sick or flu? And I was like, yeah. But again, you question yourself, like, am I just yeah. making, is that mental? Because I know that's a symptom. Anyway, she was like, if you're feeling anything else, like, here's a, she sent a script straight away for antibiotics to the pharmacy. Because um, she's like, it just is so gnarly when it takes hold. So that was fine. And then, oh my God, I got so sick so quick, like, full flu. Mm-hmm. 
Um, my, I've, my sister and I've got multiple friends that have had mastitis and they were like, I've never seen a boob that red. Like that seemed to be my thing. Anyway, so that was fine. Got on top of that. Um, so started feeling better a few days later. Um, and then that next Friday, so when she was three weeks old, I got a uterus infection. Um, so I started getting really bad cramps, um, on the Friday night and, I don't know, at that point I was kind of like, I don't even know what's normal anymore, like, mm. this could be normal. So I texted my midwife and just said, I'm in quite a bit of pain, like, I've got really bad cramping. And my bleeding had pretty much stopped, but it had come back. Not like, really, it didn't concern me, the amount of bleeding, but it had come back. And so she kind of, like, asked a couple of questions and said, if you push her on your tummy, does it hurt? And it, I was like, oh, it's uncomfortable, like, you know. Anyway, so she was like, okay, I'm going to come over because I just want to check you. And mm. when she got here, I was, like, shaking in pain. Like, it was mm. horrific. It was so painful. And um, so she was rung the hospital and was like, yeah, you've got to go to hospital. Um, but the gynecology ward was closed, so I had to go to ED until a gyno could come down and take me up or, like, you know, see me. And so mm. we got there. It was, that, it was a full moon, a full blood moon. We got there at, like, 9 o'clock on the Friday night, and I got an, into ED at 2 a.m., and then we didn't get up to the ward till 4 a.m. So mm. that was real fun with a newborn baby and like a full ED that had a lot of different characters in there. Mm. Um, and yeah, so they had to get, um, I, they did blood tests and all of that. And then she was like, oh, we'll just give you some antibiotics and send you home because, um, so I had something called endometriosis. So, mm. oh, endometriitis. So it's different to endometriosis. Um, yeah. Obviously, very sounds very similar. People got really concerned that I was telling everyone I had endometriosis <laughs> from a infection, yeah. and were really mean to me when I was in hospital. And I was like, "Read it again. It's yeah. not that." Um, which is basically it's an infection of your uterus lining. Um, so then they were like, "Yeah, we'll send you home with antibiotics. It's easier with the baby. Like, um, you know, you'll just be more comfortable at home." And I was like, "Absolutely, that's my ideal outcome." And then I text Jared, who was like out in this, just trying to keep the baby away from all the sick people. <laughs> um, and I was like, yeah, we're good. And then she came back in and she's like, you are not leaving. Oh. I was like, you're so sick. She's like, you should be in so much pain. And I was like, I am in a lot of pain. I just talk when I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> um, so then they kept me for just over 24 hours for IV antibiotics. And then I've been on antibiotics for a week um, on top of that. So Poor little Aggie's been on antibiotics. She was on antibiotics for, we were for two weeks out of her three weeks she'd been <laughs> alive. So, yeah. um, yeah, that was kind of unfortunate. And when the midwife came around to check me, Jared's like rocking the baby and he's standing in our bedroom and he just looked at her with like fear in his eyes and he's like, yeah. is this because of her asshole? <laughs> so he had like PTSD and she's like, no, Jared, this is completely different. And, yeah. he, I, and I think that comforted him. But then we were in hospital and he was like, Oh, like you could just tell he was like, here yeah. we go again. Like this is just going to yeah. like be ongoing, but no, so full recovery from that. And, um, yeah, I just don't know what's why apparently now I just don't recover well. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I'm glad though that we're not having a conversation about your butt. Like, oh I'm my God, so that, that is not the thing. <laughs> Same. And like, sometimes you just get like a little bit of like a pressure feeling or something. And I'm like, <gasps> like yeah. everything just like closes on me and then it's fine. And it's obviously, you know, it's just a normal <laughs> butthole situation, but yeah. you're, yeah. I've been totally on edge, like just waiting for something yes. like, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that's, I guess, kind of everything. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast again and sharing your story with us. I know 
there's lots of people out there waiting to hear it. So I will um, do my best to get it out as quickly as I can. But yeah, just super grateful that you came on and shared with me again. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It saves me actually having to like do anything and tell people myself. (laughs) Um, And like I just have blinked and now we're four weeks in and I feel like that's just going to be my life now with like I'm with three kids and two that are like busy at school and shit and doing stuff. I'm just like, what? But I highly recommend my leaving comments, highly recommend if anyone's on the fence, this like third baby thing with a big age gap is so great. Like it's like you've got the confidence of a third child, but you've got the time of your first child because your other two are at school. So Mm. like, it's so nice. We're just like in this little, and I know it won't be like that for everyone, but I feel like, like it's very busy and it's very like, I've cried a lot. Yes. <laughs> but, like, I think that's my biggest takeaway is, like, I'm yeah. so confident in what I'm doing with her. Yeah. But I've also got lots of time to spend with her because the two big kids, and I love calling them the big kids and the baby. My mom's <laughs> like, you know, they've still got names. And I'm like, yeah, but how cute big is this? Kids. So cute. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's been really nice as well. If anyone's on the fence. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, it's really great. And I'm yeah. seriously considering a fourth. And then Jared will remind me that she won't be a newborn forever. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Awesome. Oh, well, thank you so much, Rebecca, for joining me. Thanks for me. having me. No worries. We'll see you next year. Nah, <laughs> kidding. <laughs> Jokes. Oh, my God, can you imagine? <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I really hope that you have enjoyed it. And I would love to hear your feedback if you'd like to send me a message on at Kiwi Birth Tales on Instagram or an email kiwibirthtales at gmail.com. Um, feel free to take me in your stories. I love to see where you're listening from and what you're up to when you're listening. And just another reminder that this episode was brought to you by the Your Birth Project store, which is now live and there's lots of goodies for pregnancy, birth and postpartum in the store. So I'd love for you to check that out. But otherwise, I will be bringing you another awesome episode next week. So I look forward to it. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.